What can archaeological projects tell us about the history of Fort Hawkins? Hello, I'm Ben Sandifer, and on this episode in the Fort Hawkins podcast series, we get the answer to that question and learn more about projects that have happened over the years from Dan Elliott. Dan has been a research archaeologist since 1976 and is currently president of the Lamar Institute. We're a nonprofit organization for archaeology research and history research and public education about both of those. We're based in uh, Savannah, Georgia, but we have done work all over the world, but mostly in the southeastern U.S. Dan, what can you tell us about some of the earliest projects that were done at Fort Hawkins? Before I got there, there had been a CCC WPA era project on the, around the in various parts of the fort. So that would have been in the mid-30s, mid-1930s. Um, and then in the 1970s, the South Carolina Institute of Archaeology and Anthropology sent an archaeologist over. And uh, he did some excavation, uh, Richard Carrillo. And then I think the next thing is the Lamar Institute. We started in 2005, uh, started on the day that Hurricane Katrina hit New Orleans and the uh, bad storm hit Fort Hawkins and uh, lightning hit the blockhouse and uh, knocked out some rafters and some bird nests that were up in the attic. That was a memorable day to start um, sometime in August of 2005, late August. And then we, we were hired by the... Uh, Fort Hawkins Commission and the city of Macon to basically do the final excavation there. But it didn't turn out quite that way because uh, we we were under the impression from the previous work that there wasn't a whole lot of rich archaeological resources to be found. But we immediately stumbled in this uh, treasure trove there uh, on the, uh, the south wall of the fort. There was a large brick building foundation and that was just loaded we had about a foot of what we call midden so uh, trash debris from the the fort era and then it kind of kept exploding after that we kept coming back they you know they got more money for us to come back and do more work and each time we came back we kept finding more parts of the fort nobody knew existed because there was no drawing or you know uh, accurate map of the fort from the day from back in the, the early 1800s. So uh, it was sort of an archaeological discovery after archaeology discovery uh, following ditches and palisade post lines to create a uh, what we now know to be pretty much the, the final map that we think we have. I don't remember how many different episodes from 2005 we were in the field, but there's about four or five. The last time we were there was in 2013. And uh, that we didn't do any digging on that project. We just did some ground penetrating radar around the blockhouse, and uh, then that was the end of of our field work there, 2013. So 2005 to 2013, the Lamar Institute was all over Fort Hawkins various times. Now, by the time the Lamar Institute started, was the Fort Hawkins school gone? Had the school building already been demolished? I was first approached to do work there by the chairman at the time, Bob Kramer, uh, Dr. Robert Kramer. And that was around uh, 1990 or 91, somewhere around then. And uh, at that time, the, the school was still standing. 
and we just discussed, you know, what could be done there. And so that was the first time I ever set foot on the Fort Hawkins. But by the time we got there in 2005, they had destroyed the, the school and uh, kind of made a little bit of a mess of it for archaeology. It's true in the all the rubble and everything for the school around, but uh, we managed to work around it when we got there. And there were still discoveries to be made underneath the school. There had been a pretty long history of uh, looters climbing under the school building and digging for buttons and other early military relics. And so, you know, it, it had been uh, illicit uh, non-archaeology with digging going on there for probably more than a decade by the time we got there. But uh, we still managed to find things that were really important. And now in your excavation projects, what are some of the most important things you found? We found, uh, like I was describing, this uh, brick building, kind of the basement of a brick building, which we think was the administrative building for the fort. And uh, it was just loaded with all sorts of uh, anything from broken plates, broken glass, uh, wine glass, uh, military buttons. Uh, bullets, food bones of all sorts, uh, clothing buttons, uh, different knickknacks and things from uh, the fort, the soldiers and the officers that were there. And then uh, on that was on the south wall of the fort. And then on the west wall, which ran underneath the schoolhouse, the 1916 Fort Hawkins School, uh, it was kind of hard to access under there, but that was uh, where a lot of our military buttons came from. We think that was probably a barracks for just the regular soldiers. And it was, again, uh, lots of uh, broken plates, bottle glass, buttons, clothing buttons, uh, u- mostly uniform buttons, and a lot of food bones also. And then uh, on the rest of the fort, mostly it was just we found uh, ditches with palisade posts in the bottom of them. So it was uh, not all that exciting in terms of artifacts, but it it was just a really exciting discovery of trying to find the edges of, of the fort and the walls of the fort. And uh, the fort kept growing on us. It started, everybody thought it was a small rectangle and it kind of turned into a diamond and had, uh, there were also palisade ditches around the blockhouses uh, that we didn't know existed. So we discovered those. and. In those ditches, you know, we found kind of similar types of artifacts, but not near as dense as in, in the areas along the south wall and the west wall where there were, uh, we were in the midden deposits or the, the basically the basements of those buildings. All the work we did there are available for free online at our uh, website, thelamarinstitute.org. Fort Hawkins, for many years, has been known for the blockhouse that's even part of the city of Macon's logo. It's pretty well known that Fort Hawkins had a second blockhouse. In your projects there, Dan, were you able to uncover any evidence to support that? We weren't able to find the actual blockhouse on the uh, that northwest side, but we did find the, the palisade ditches that went around it, like we saw on the kind of mirror image on the southeast blockhouse. So we know it had been there, but uh, Wolfolk Street pretty well took it out. And uh, I don't think there's going to be any archaeological remnant of it uh, because it's been graded away. But uh, we know it was probably there and we, we caught the edges you know, around it, but we didn't get the actual blockhouse. Are there still artifacts that can be found and things about Fort Hawkins that can be learned if there are further excavation projects? Yeah, um, we probably excavated 
Um, well, I, I did calculations on what percentage of the port area we actually dug. Uh, of course, we were, you know, kind of trying to home in on the best parts, but we, we probably dug less than 10% of it. We left quite a bit undug. It should be similar to what we found in our excavations uh, that are still preserved there. And hopefully some point in the future, somebody can revisit the site and do some more excavation through time. But, you know, we when we first started, uh, the idea was we were just going to strip off everything and, and dig all of it and be done with it. And they wouldn't have to worry about the uh, any more archaeological resources there. But uh, as it turned out, we, we actually have mothballed quite a bit of uh, really rich areas that are still preserved within the confines of the park. Now, the artifacts that you found, are they in the visitor center there at Fort Hawkins? No, almost nothing that we excavated is in the visitor center. It's all located at the University of Georgia Department of Anthropology, Archaeology uh, in the Georgia Museum of Natural History Collection in Athens. So everything that we dug up is there in Athens. The stuff that's on display in the uh, visitor center is things that uh, the Marty Willett collected while he was kind of running the joint. Um, and that's mostly just from back dirt and surface collection that he did over a several year period. Um, and then there is a small collection from the 1930s excavations. That's, I think, is at uh, Oak Mulgee in the back room at Oak Mulgee. At one point it was down in Tallahassee, Florida, but I think they've moved it up to Macon. And then the South Carolina Institute of Archaeology and uh, Anthropology collection would be in Columbia and their their collections. Now, other than the artifacts you mentioned and brick walls that show you where the buildings were, why else are these excavation projects important in helping to tell the Fort Hawkins story? As a result of our work with Lamar Institute and the research we did on not only the archaeology, but also digging into the early military records and that were housed in the National Archives in Washington and various other places, uh, you know, we were able to kind of really realize how important that place was. A lot of forts, you think of forts and you think of battles, and there was never a battle at that fort, but it was where a lot of battles were planned and a lot of military, and, you know, that was the headquarters for the Southern U.S. Army, for the Southwestern U.S., basically, which, you know, started right across the river, just west of Macon, before Macon was there. And so uh, it was on the frontier when it was first built, and as the frontier kept moving westward, as you know, the white folks expanded into former Indian territory, it uh, became less and less relevant and less important. So that by about 1824, it was just sort of a uh, recruiting center and just sort of a, a station stop along the way to get to the real frontier. So the, the U.S. government kept moving its headquarters complexes. So it went from here, uh, hopped over into... Uh, Alabama, and then quickly hopped over into Arkansas. So it kept moving west pretty quickly. But for about a 20-year period, it was a very important place. It's where a lot of the planning happened for like the, the Battle of New Orleans and, and things like that. Also the Seminole Wars from the 1817 era. The commanding generals, you know, were pretty much hanging out at Fort Hawkins, and that's where the payroll came to pay all the soldiers. And so it, it was, you know, right along the old federal or back what was then the new federal road that uh, led from basically from Washington, D.C. into the heart of the Creek Nation over in Alabama. 
and then eventually on down to New Orleans. But the Federal Road was I-95 of its day. It was the main thoroughfare that had just been built that that reached in deep into the Indian territories and kind of laid it open, really, for what would later happen as people could travel down a real road with wagons and pulling cannons and that, and that sort of thing. You know, Fort Hawkins was a it was a, a supply station for providing food, like uh, beef and barrels of flour and all that sort of stuff for the army. There were soldiers there, but the Georgia militia weren't allowed in the fort. They had a different fort over at Camp Hope, a little uh, northeast of there. But there was early U.S. Army history is just really deep, at, at uh, especially in the early years from about 1806 to 1815, that was really important. It's also where there were a lot of Creek Indian uh, soldiers that were in the U.S. Army. So the the lower Creeks, particularly that um, at that time lived over on the Chattahoochee River or in the Chattahoochee Valley, they were paid uh, their uh, their payroll and everything at Fort Hawkins. So there were Native American groups that were fighting for the United States at that in the 1817 era uh, against the Seminoles. It's just a lot of almost unknown American history that happens at Fort Hawkins until you really get into it and kind of uncover. And and the archaeology, you know, just sort of demonstrate that this is real. This really was here, you know, that this regiment was here. This uh, The first rifle regiment that, uh, in the United States Army was based there for a while. And they were, they were so new that they were just called the Regiment of Rifles. You know, they didn't have a number yet. And it wasn't until later that they had other numbers for other rifle regiments. But the, the first uh, rifle regiment was there, and they're the ones that built the uh, some of the ditches around the outer part of the fort after the, the second infantry uh, regiment uh, were the ones that built the fort, the first fort, which was re- uh, rectangle. But then the later Regiment of Rifles added more to it and made it kind of more like a diamond. And then there were other, just thousands of other soldiers that passed through there with different regiments, uh, particularly, you know, on their way to campaigns and, and battle. Archaeologist Dan Elliott, president of the Lamar Institute. Any final thoughts about your experience at Fort Hawkins? We really enjoyed working there. It was a great archaeological site. We really uh, enjoyed the city of Macon. Everybody was friendly on Fort Hill. We made a lot of good friends when during the period there that we were working. And once again, what's the website where we can learn more about what you did there? The Lamarinstitute.org, O-R-G. And uh, it, you go there and go to our reports section, and, and it's, there's a number of reports in there pertaining to Fort Hawkins. And for episode number four of the Fort Hawkins podcast, I'm Ben Sandifer. Yeah.